1: they can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on January the 28th, 2013. Newcomers, I always suggest that you make good use of cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll see all the, the official sites I've got listed right there and they all carry free audios for download and the will carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given too over the years for print-up. If you go into EU, you can find transcripts in other languages. Remember too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I'm not building an empire here. I just uh, came out at the right time to try and get things uh, put out for the first time really about the whole big system. That was taking over the world Not just the US and and Canada and so on But the whole planet and how it's all coordinated And I went into the histories of the organisations Who set up the big takeover plan And uh, how it's all come to pass Everything they wanted has come to pass right up to the present time So you find lots of history of the parallel government The one that really is the government The one that takes in ex-premiers and uh, ex-presidents across the world to be part of it because they can get more done and they're not responsible to the public. They're not voted in anymore and they get it, get it all done. They're called technocrats and Margaret Thatcher talked about that. She became one of them herself. And, um, that falls in with the Club of Rome, of course, which, who said the same thing back in the 1970s that uh, they would use democracy, of course, to fool the public as when on these rampaging wars across the planet. But in reality, they said dem- democracy would never work. Uh, they'd have to go into a new, new kind of system, a new feudal system, is what, uh, what uh, certain people have uh, called it in the past. Even the main historian for the Council on Foreign Relations said it's a new feudal system, uh, where the CEOs of corporations across the planet, all interconnected, are the new feudal overlords. And that was Professor Carol Quigley. So anyway, help yourself to my sites. Remember, you bring me to you. You can support me by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughtheMatrix.com or donating. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And straight donations are really, really uh, sincerely welcomed in these times of uh, inflation. But, as I say, we're going through this system. They call it the Great Transformation. Uh, Many different names for the same thing. You'll hear it coming out of the United Nations, the Great Transformation. This is the year, the century of change, 21st century. It was deemed to be the century of change even in the last century. They kept talking about it coming up. And all the big... Plans that were made uh, since really the French Revolution uh, were to take place where they'd bring in this beautiful utopia run by the proper people that would be experts and scientists on behalf of the masters who have, are the money men, of course, and and to be monitored from cradle to grave. In fact, you wouldn't get born if they didn't need you to fill a particular job. And eventually, throughout the century, that's where they hoped to go with all of this They also hope to use eugenics to convince the public not to have children or your child might have an allergy. You don't want that. We'll abort them or let's sterilize you. That's all happening right now, in fact, through the media, because the media is owned by the money men that own the scientists and own academia. So everything is, is coming the way they said it would come. And unfortunately, they've taught the public not to think for themselves or reason for themselves. They expect media to do the reasoning for them And that's a quote from Brzezinski himself From his book Between Two Ages So that's all happened too Uh, Previous generations were suspicious of media They knew the big media barons uh, who owned them Were privately in private business And they knew they had agendas of their own But today, nope, media has become king Unfortunately, especially through the visual media Back with more after this folks, I'm Alan Watt, and I try to take different looks at everything, and that's how you have to do pretty well everything comes your way. You must look at from all kinds of angles. You get little innocuous stories, but sometimes you have to look from another angle to find out what's really going on, or what's the real reason for things happening. Nothing happens at the top and those that govern you for no reason at all. It sometimes seems that way, but there's always a reason it will tie into something else and something else and something else. But we do know that for a long, long time they've had big world council meetings on depopulation and so on, and even going back to the League of Nations that was set up at the end of World War uh, One, to, to, as a precursor of the United Nations, they had it as a priority to get everybody in the world vaccinated against everything, including. Uh, annual boosters uh, for the rest of your life which again they're floating to date the united nations and we know the down or the fallout from all of the vaccinations too and massive media campaigns have been carried out to convince the public that science that is now elevated to the place of god you know it's infallible uh it's never wrong and uh, it does you a lot of good to take all these inoculations and vac- vaccinations and um and the fact is, we've gone through it this year, on, on this program alone, m- many other people have done it too, uh, the results of the flu vaccines after they've given them all around the spring. And you always find out that everybody got the, the vaccine, uh, got the flu. Uh, and actually more would often get the flu that got the vaccine. And have admitted, too, that some of the flu vaccines opened them up to even worse flus. So you cannot help the general public because, you see, the media campaigning has been successful. Jack C. Lull, who was a philosopher, talked about uh, media and entertainment. And he said that most indoctrination of the general population uh, on behalf of those who rule is done through entertainment. And so you get police dramas... And you get highway patrol type of dramas. You get hospital dramas, series of of uh, completely fictional, but hospitals. And to show you how superior these doctors are, and they're always on the ball, and they can always diagnose in an instant what's wrong, and fix the poor person who smiles at the end of the show. And of course, nothing is further from the truth. He said it's all propaganda. That's how real propaganda is delivered, primarily through that technique. And it works so incredibly well. And we know too that Bill Gates said that vaccinating the world will bring the population down. We know that too. And you have to start thinking, plus we've got all the autism and the autism spectrum disorders, uh, and different grades of them, because since they started giving up the flu, vac- the polio vaccines a long time ago, cancer has gone through the roof and they have admitted they even grew the cells. Uh, for, for, uh, or the, the, the viruses for a lot of these particular inoculations, they grew them on cancer cells, and once they mush all up in their blender and inject it into you, uh, those cells go into you. They'd also done tests with the the HeLa, uh, I should call the HeLa tumors from the from a woman supposedly who had an incredible tumor that keeps growing. Still so use that one yet today, and they actually injected it into volunteer prisoners in the U.S. years ago to see if it would cause cancers in humans and in some of the patients it did cause cancers they had to get the lumps cut out to where the inoculation site was so they know that injecting the stuff into you causes the same problem now they also talk about fast breeders a fast breeder is a technique in the laboratory to breed viruses very quickly generally on sometimes dog tissue, fetal tissue, whatever is handy and as I say also in that healer, a tumor as well which they they use an awful lot, but they also use people. And once you got into you, you you become a breeder, and then you shed the virus wherever you go. And here's an example of this one here. It says, whooping cough outbreak involved 90% of vaccinated children. And It says that Vermont has declared a statewide epidemic of whooping cough that started in 2012 and has continued into the year 2013. To date, there has been a total of 612 confirmed cases of pertussis, of which 90% have been vaccinated against the bacteria with a DTaP vaccine. The New England Journal of Medicine research a study that parallels this outbreak showing uh, that of the confirmed cases of whooping cough, the major, majority of them, are 80%, had received multiple DTAP vaccinations, most receiving five or six doses. The mainstream media have decided the only way to prevent the spread of the bacteria is to have everyone get their vaccinations, refusing to acknowledge the overwhelming connection between vaccinated patients and the outbreak itself. In other words, the ones who got the vaccinations also gave it to the other 10%. It's rather obvious. So they know what they're doing at the top. And we've had so many, again, exposés of of the things that have happened after terrible, terrible vaccination doses. Never mind the, the various other ones I've got now for the human papilloma, papilloma virus and so on, and the one young women who are becoming paralysed and having strokes with that. So anyway things go on as they always have but the whole thing as I'm saying is they really have elevated uh, science up into this pedestal as they knock God down and they said they'd do that H.G. Wells said they'd do that too so did uh, Julian Huxley when he worked at UNESCO so it's happened and most folk believe everything they're told by someone that, that's uh, got a white coat on also too I was thinking back today of uh, science and the impact on Society, by Bertrand Russell. And you understand that scientific discoveries change your behavior. You'll distribute the cell phone, for instance. But um, there's many other things happened before, and through science it changed, or even the automobile. So many, many things changed the way we, we behave. And, and the radio, for instance, altered the way that people would spend their time they stopped talking to each other they listen to the radio and uh, and there's lots of studies were done by governments on that itself because it's great propaganda technique and they found that even when they brought a drama series where you'd you'd leave every at the end of every hour every day uh, the person on hanging on a cliff as a cliffhanger as he called it And would he get off? Would he die? But it would tune in tomorrow at the same time. And women and men would change their behavior and try and get home and listen to it uh, to see what happened. Same thing when when they brought the dramas and then soaps in on television. So uh, we are predictable and we do behave in a, a certain way. Most folk do at least, the ones who are conned into it. And you get lots of programming and downloading of messages and political correctness as you watch all fiction. But also this article here says we don't look up anymore. And it says photos capture the way that mobile phones have changed the way we interact with the world around us. Just long ago, a telephone was a way of contacting somebody if they happened to be at home. Now the phone has become a 24-7 necessity. And it says... The images capture uh, how mobile phones have changed the way we interact with the world around us. Society has become fixated by a handheld device that's transformed the way we communicate, enabling us to send instant messages, photographs, audio recordings, and videos to friends and family across the world. With access to the internet, applications, games, and even banking on a mobile, people rarely spend a moment looking up at their surroundings. Instead, with their heads bowed down, they become mesmerized by technology to the point where playing on their mobile phones supersedes interacting with others. The photographs were taken by a mobile researcher from Finland who's captured people from all walks of life on their mobile phones. And it shows you all these different photographs and so on, and, and how people really are behaving. And it's true, they're oblivious of their surroundings, and... Um, some earlier researchers knew this whole era was coming in. They talked about it and how people would live in the ether, the natural ether itself, rather than the world of reality. And it's already happened. It's already happened. I'm sure you've all had experiences where you're standing in a line to pay for a coffee or something, and you'll hear people blurting out things on their phones as though they're still in their house or in their room. Uh, things that they shouldn't see at all, and it comes quite natural to them as well. So it's just amazing how signs can alter your behavior. And, I, and again, now with the high-definition television and the, the massive screens and so on, uh, and the high pixel rates and all the little messages they can actually do by pixelation alone, according to the Pentagon, that you don't actually consciously see, but your subconscious sees it, uh, I think that's pretty well done. It. It's really totally weaponized. Now, this other article, too, uh, is so interesting because I've put out before articles about the GM corn, the modified corn, and how tractors had to get their special new tires put on because these, the stumps of the crops, once they were cut, were slashing their tires apart. This is, this is completely different from the old corn. But it's worse than that. It says, uncovered is the toxic gene hiding in GM crops and the revelation throws new doubt over the safety of foods. The EU watchdog reveals approval for GM foods fails to identify poisonous gene. 54 of the 86 GM plants approved contain the dangerous gene, and the gene is found in food for farm animals producing milk, uh, meat, and eggs. Biotech supporters argue there's no evidence that GM foods are harmful, even though there is, of course. But it says a virus gene that could be poisonous to humans has been missed when GM food crops have been assessed for safety, crops such as corn and soy, which were being grown around the world for both human and farm animal consumption, include the gene. A new study by the EU's official food watchdog, the European Food Safety Authority, has revealed that the international approvals process for GM crops failed to identify the gene. As a result, the watchdogs have not investigated its impacts on human health and the plants themselves when assessing whether they're safe. The findings are particularly powerful because the work was carried out by independent experts rather than GM critics. And it was led by Nancy Podeven, who was employed by EFSA and Patrick Dujardin of the Plant Biology Unit at the University of Liège in Belgium. They discovered that 54 of the 86 GM plants approved for commercial growing and food in the U.S., including corn and soya, Contain the viral gene, which is known as gene V1 or six, I guess you call it. In this country, these crops are typically fed to farm animals, producing meat, milk, and eggs. So you're eating that too from when you eat that. So they knew this, of course. They knew that law and Gill, but no no, no one else was allowed to test this stuff according to their law. (laughs) Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the, the GM uh, being found out again, GM corn and so on, and different foods to be found unsafe once more, of course. And it's from the European Union's own uh, version of the USDA and so on. Uh, so they found that it's not safe at all. And what it says here is that it says the modification process involves inserting genes into the plants using a technique that allows them to piggyback on viruses that are commonly found in the soil and plants. It's been assumed that virus genes are not present in the plant once it's grown in the field and reaches consumers. However, it's now clear that this is not the case. A review of the EFSA Research and Independent Science News said the presence of the viral gene appears to have been missed by biotech companies, universities and government regulators. The situation represents a complete and catastrophic system failure, it said. A clear indication that this viral gene Might not be safe for human consumption It also may disturb the normal functioning Of crops, including their natural Pest resistance So Here they go with their Frankensteinian Foods and all the rest of it, but they know at the top You know at the top, they're not eating the stuff they give you Uh, Even the staff I've read the articles here that one of the Major Monsanto's labs in the States uh, Refused to eat anything uh, That's made by themselves In fact, they brought in a a, a company to cater for the, the staff, and they made sure that it was all organic stuff only. They would not eat their own stuff. So that should be a warning to everybody, obviously, shouldn't it? And then this article here this has to do with population control advocacy group. It says, humans equal locusts, you see. And until we get the message. The message is repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. There's too many of you, too many of you, too many of you. And it says, the UK-based population control advocacy group Population Matters felt compelled to respond to the latest controversy uh, surrounding their patron, David Attenborough, who recently stated humans are a plague on the earth. In a press release posted on its website, the organization expresses support for their beloved patron statements, concurring that mankind may be viewed as a plague upon the planet, not to be understood as a disease as such, but rather as a way this disease spreads. It is what did he, Attenborough, mean? Surely doesn't mean that we are a disease. More probably, he was thinking of a plague of locusts which consumes all that it sees and then dies off. The analogy is apt. The statement continues, human numbers have doubled in the last 50 years to 7 billion. Natural habitats, wildlife and fish stocks are falling around the world due to development over exploitation and climate change climate change. Resource two are being steadily depleted, uh, whether that be water sources, fertile land, fossil fuels, or key minerals such as fertilizers. This kind of thinking was effectively communicated in the first matrix film. And it says, in their haste to come to their patron's aid, the population matters. People have shown us a brief glimpse into their outlook on humans in general, which can be summarized as follows. Human equals insects that spread, consume resources, and then die. This view is held dear by environmentalists and conservationists all over the globe. One could even say that this dangerous anti-human thinking spreads locus-like within the scientific community. Another patron of Population Matters, University College Emeritus Professor John Gillibod, has shown us quite literally another glimpse into the true nature of these Neo-Malthusians when he spoke in front of a group of scientists at Cambridge University's Triple Helix Society on October the 14th, 2010. On top of the screen of Gilbod's slideshow, we read the words, guide to population control methods, showing on the one hand a contraception pill, which is described as an artificial method of population control. On the right side, we see depicted a machine gun, a knife, and a hospital bed as examples of natural methods of population control. And it says it's from one minute onwards, the actual a little video. I've got the links for, the, for it here too. It says it either happens the gentle way through family planning, or it happens the nasty way, such as excessive heat, hurricanes, flooding, and so on. To me, that's the ultimate inconvenient truth, the professor has stated. This is classical neo-Malthusian reasoning. Reduce population numbers voluntarily for the earth or else. Also typical of modern-day eugenesis are the urge to conceal their true purpose, Population reduction and control, with euphemistic phrases which vary from family planning to reproductive health. In this video, the professor admits to this deception. Will you all undertake a little project for today for me, Gillibod said, and that is never from the 14th of October onwards will you say those words up there pointing towards the text on the slide, population control. You will never find me in any situation except in the context of the slide saying population control. So will you for the rest of this meeting and for the rest of your life never put those two words together. They've been so damaging. They instantly make your hair, uh, hair rise up. Think of India in the 1970s and of China at present time. Use any other way you like to say, like my phrase, population matters, but please don't say population control, so there's one thing you can do. In 2010, reported in a 2006 gathering which was attended by the United Nations Population Fund, International Planned Parenthood Foundation, European Commission, the World Bank, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, at a meeting, Professor of Medical Demography at London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, John Cleland, admitted that all modern-day language used in relation to population reduction agenda is actually code. It's actually code. Understand? And and it's, it's interesting too That uh, uh, the Frankfurt School Talked about using code terminology For their agenda And other ones, there too uh, Talked about using code terms So population control Goes under different And many other things happen too Under the same codes Back with more after this break
0: Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks, we're back cutting through the Matrix. And also mentioned too, uh, mentioned last Friday that Katerina Joliva who has uh, uh, been battling with the child's agency to get a child back in Utah for about a year and a half now. This is a final court, real court, not these pre-trial, pre-trial, pre-trials. That's how they get, the parents generally give up with countless pre-trials that go on forever. But she's actually an actual real court this time, and it went pretty well today, apparently. And all I can say is that the next part of the same court case is held on this coming Wednesday, January the 30th and um, I'll put this up to the uh, on the little box I've got it cutting com the and, uh, into the same box I put last Friday to, to keep you updated and to help you to call the, the judge and the sheriff's clerk uh, as well because um, people have phoned from all over the world and so the eyes of the world is watching this one and it's good to let them know that we're watching to see that justice is done and be nice when you're on the phone just say, do the right thing And um, we'll see what the final outcome will be on Wednesday, January 30. So uh, remember and phone and give support for her. Now, back to the nasty news. And, of course, it's always nasty because, you see, the world's dysfunctional now. The, The systems, the cultures were deliberately destroyed by one group of people. Uh, and uh, who used military-type type, type, uh, uh, strategy to make sure that they could do it. All they did was study cultures and what kept them together. Then you, you'd rather destroy it all, uh, all in the Marxian-type uh, way. And then you have nothing left. It's a morass of people who are depressed. They have no culture at all. They uh, introduce drugs and get that going. Uh, you, you smash the family units. You introduce massive pornography and promiscuity. And you're left with the hellhole that we have today. We ourselves gradually accept that life is cheap because we read years and years of the things that are happening in abortion and all the rest of it. So we dehumanize ourselves in the process. And that's, a, that's the very process that, uh, that, um, Julian Huxley advocated when he worked, he worked up at the United Nations, UNESCO. And they've done it. They've been very successful. But uh, uh, again, the BBC in Britain is still getting checked out for the, the old stuff that was going on, not the new stuff. But it says BBC presenter Stuart Hill is charged with rape of women and molesting 10 young girls over a 19-year period. He raped a woman in 1976 who was then aged 22, and he also charged with 40 indecent in in assault offences against 10 girls aged 9 years old to 16. So he was arrested yesterday after attending an appointment with the Lancashire Police. So uh, they're still looking into it. And there's an, uh, more were arrested today, I believe, too. And the BBC knew what was going on all along because like, they were all into the uh, kind of weird stuff there. This one here, I, I thought it was a joke when I read it. It's about Scotland. Now, I do know that Scotland, back in the 1960s, when the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs and Council on Foreign Relations that run the world, uh, got together in London and put in the paper that Scotland would eventually lose all of its industry and be turned into a tourist industry. And that pretty well has happened. Because they knew all that time ago they were going to de-industrialise Britain. They didn't tell the public why or, or where all your industry was going. They're also setting up China and didn't tell the public you were doing that, too. It was all kept quiet. But uh, you're left with countries, as I say, destitute, destitute, and doing these ridiculous service economies, as you call them, And also you have high taxation that you wouldn't believe has introduced massive welfare system because they bring in massive multiculturalism. A lot of folk have no cash at all coming into the countries. And so you create the welfare state and then the welfare state votes for the government that was in when they came in to the country. That's the old tradition. But Scotland was wrecked and ravaged too by the drugs as it was deculturalized and destroyed completely trying to get the last vestige of what it meant to be Scottish, destroyed. England or London have been working on that since the 1700s. They actually passed laws then. You couldn't speak Gaelic or even wear Tartan or you'd get hung. Not kidding you. they trying to destroy cultures. Old technique, you take Henry over, you try to destroy the culture because that's what makes people fight against you. You understand? Anyway, see, the Scottish National Party aims to make independent Scotland a world leader in foreign aid. The country's broke. And it says so it says Humza Yosaf not Mac Yosaf, mind you, but Humza Yousaf, the man who would be Scotland's foreign secretary if the independence referendum goes the way the SNP wants, is nothing if not ambitious. It says an interview in uh in Holyrood's Minister for External Affairs reveals ambitions ambitious plans to hugely increase the aid the country gives to the world the world's poorest people. If you looked inside Scotland, son, you know. Have a little peek. Yosaf, currently Minister for External Affairs and International Development, says the SNP government after the end of referendum makes Scotland the world leader in international development. Have you seen the slums living in Scotland, son? have, have a good damn look. Have a good look, and you see the wages they get too. We're paying salaries for guys like geezers like you to sit in your fat asses. Have a good look to what they're left with, and the cost a living, son. But you talk about communism, communism. My God! So whatever money Scotland's to bring in from the from the peasantry, they're going to give to foreign aid. According to this character here, what a joke! What an absolute damn joke! Also, scientists condemn research into deadly mutant bird flu virus over fears of a dangerous leak, it says. and um, Leading scientists have condemned the decision to resume their research using the mutant version of the deadly H5N1 bird flu virus that could spread between humans amid fears it could leak out or fall into their wrong hands. Remember, it was stopped for a while. So the flu researchers have decided to lift the voluntary moratorium on their studies imposed 12 months ago after a public outcry over their work. I mean, why create the damn thing to be a killer? eh? They hope the studies will help them prevent and deal with future flu pandemic, and that the benefits outweigh potential risks such as a leak of the mutant virus or the deliberate attempt to create deadly strains by terrorists or rogue governments. Well, (laughs) Why don't you just do it yourselves and give them, give them the formula for doing it then? Because that's what you're doing. Nothing's kept secret in this day and age. Isn't it madness though? Mind you, there's a lot of scary stories out there to keep you terrified because you understand fear is a great immobilizer. Fear's a fantastic immobilizer and the big boys use it all the time. I was thinking the other day, not a generation has, for hundreds of years, has lived in peace. Hundreds and hundreds of years, especially since the banking boys came in with their usury, and then, and then, and then got the kings borrowing it all, and then the the kings had to just gouge the peasants all the more, and so on. And so they always keep you in in fear of financial collapse, or physical war, or both combined. And, And we've got them both going on today. That's the greatest technique because the public cringe and asks their betters to stop it and and make things better for them. them, You're giving power to the government when you ask them that rather than telling the government, stop it. Stop it. Stop it all. That's why they keep you in fear all the time. And this article too I I thought was another joke. Satanist plan rally in support of Florida government Rick Scott It's from ABC News It says Florida Governor Rick Scott speaks to the media After touring the manufacturing facility at Beckham Coulter And it says um, Satanic Temple is planning its first major rally Which will be held in support of Florida Governor Rick Scott later this month For which might sound ironic Signing a bill that allows for the possibility of prayer in public schools You has been banned for everybody else By <laughs> certain people And it says The religion's founder, Neil Brick, who is based in New York, is expected to speak out at the rally. Brick uses an assumed name for satanic-related business and would not reveal his real name to ABC News. The group also hopes to open a temple in New York in the next few months. I think they've already got a few there already, if you haven't noticed. It says it may be telling that the satanic temple will be located in New York and their group's first rally, scheduled January 25, will be held in Florida. New York is a pretty good place for Satanism. Florida is too. so Satanic Temple spokesman, Lucian Greaves, been another fake name. So the Florida bill has delighted the Satanists in its Senate Bill 9-8 and gives students sole discretion in determining whether an inspirational message is to be delivered at a student assembly. The bill prohibits school officials from participating in or influencing whether an inspirational message will be delivered. And a bunch of links here and so on. I'll put that up tonight too for anybody who cares about it. <laughs> I tell you, it's it's quite the world we live in, isn't it? And folk just you know chew their chips and watch TV. Just just watch TV. And again, in Britain too, and they do this every year. There's always a call for diversity uh, in the police force in Britain at the top. And it's another one this year. It's like they're repeating all their news. It's just regular, isn't it? It says, call for new law to force police to tackle diversity crisis at the top. Now, they're already bringing in foreign policemen from America and elsewhere that are read on Friday. But it says, Sir Peter Flea says, there's an embarrassing paucity of black and minority ethnic officers at the top of British policing and police forces should be made to positively discriminate in favour of black and ethnic minority officers in the face of a growing diversity crisis, according to one of the country's leading chief constables. This happens every year, this article. And it's always followed later uh, by the fact that they looked into so many certain minorities, and they found that everyone who applied to be a policeman had had a criminal record. And then articles followed last year saying that they even allowed some of them in, so they're even discounting the fact they've got criminal records just to be politically correct. You see, in this new Soviet system that we live in, because it's Soviet times, you see, for us all, all to live in government authorities, government, all authorities from government is way up there, you see, and. And between they keep uh, themselves between their, their bosses, the multi-trillionaires own the world and all of these banking systems, and and you down below. That's how you run under the communist system. And this article too is worth something. We understand that every article comes out. I mentioned before how every science is, has always been politicised. Don't believe, for instance, that science is is some kind of uh, uh, altruistic, true fanaticism to get truth out by by the movies that you watch on so-called geniuses. It's nothing of the kind. Uh, Every scientist is paid by big guys who are often stinking rich to get richer, to find ways to get richer and make things and so on. And this article is on about the consequences of conspiracism, they're calling it, from psychology experts. So, once again, psychology, which is a joke, folks. And under psychology, you can find new age psychology. You can find voodoo psychology. You can find so many kinds of psychology now. It's just a complete joke. But again, the Frankfurt School and the boys behind that pushed Freud and psychology and all this rubbish to try again to destroy the culture. Remember what, what Freud said off the, when he was off in New York in the boats, when he turned to young and he says, we're not bringing them happiness and so on and cures, we're bringing them the plague, which destroying the culture. Anyway, it says, the social consequences of conspiracism, exposure to conspiracy theories, decreases intentions to engage in politics and to reduce one's carbon footprint. we that have to type that last part on too, right? So it says... Um, Jolly D and Kirk and Douglas, The Social Consequences of Conspiracism, Exposure to Conspiracy Theories, decreases Intentions, To Engage in, the, uh, in Blah 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 Blah, It's what I've just described already, in the British Journal of Psychology. Can you believe that? I've got links to it, I'll put it up tonight at What rubbish? What darned rubbish. I mean, governments are all about conspiracy, that's why they have secrets, official secrets acts. It's meant to be kept secret from the public because they wouldn't like it. That's why it's kept secret. And lots of the stuff is kept secret. (laughs) Also, a former aide to Tony Blair, an ex-business partner to Lise Minch, is arrested over child porn images. They're all up there doing this stuff, aren't they? It just seems never-ending now, isn't it? Never-ending. I guess you get bored doing everything else and and this is going to child porn or so jaded or something. I don't know. I have no idea why they're going to that kind of stuff at all. Can't imagine it. And also, too, this link up tonight is on Diane Feinstein. And it says, insider trader, war profiteer, Chinese company invested Diane Feinstein. And it says at time for the 79-year-old insider trader and China-connected trader hawkish Diane Feinstein, who funneled over $1 billion in military contracts illegally to her husband, Richard Blum, his company, to resign. She and her husband, with Barbara Boxer's help, sold San Diego ports to Costco. Her husband was part of the pressure network which caused police to bust up Occupy in Oakland and San Francisco. Many of the older links in the article were compiled by uh, Forrest Glen Durland. It says, and it gives the record of uh, Feinstein and all the different investigations too. That's been they go nowhere because of course she's guilty of them all. But it's it's, it's just amazing that her husband gets all these massive contracts for China and stuff after she puts the bill forth. It's just astonishing. eh? This Feinstein and I've got actually two articles, two on them. Uh, one, one is called Feinstein and Blum, and it's a research project with uh, a history of them too. It's quite interesting. I'll we'll put both of them up tonight, uh, cutting through the Now, unlocking your cell phone now without your network's permission is no longer allowed in the U.S. As of Saturday, unlocking the cell phone is against U.S. law. The process which allows you to use your handset with a network other than the one you, you bought it from has just become illegal again as part of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Sunlock was was formally allowed under an exemption to the act, but ABC News explains in October 2012, the U.S. Copyright Office and Library of Congress decided not to renew the clause and expired on January 26. So there you go, for those who don't know. Another link is who can fly drones in the UK airspace. And it's got police listed there... uh, Golf Video Company, and various other groups and so on and so on and so on for anybody that cares about this stuff. It's just to get you used to the idea of drones everywhere from all different diff- sources, but just the big ones you got to be watch out for because you're a bit in amongst them. But you get used to all the rest, so you won't mind. And a spy agency, ASIO, wants powers to hack into personal computers in Australia. For, for the world too, mind you. So it says spy agency ASIO wants to hack into Australians' personal computers and commandeer their smartphones to transmit viruses to terrorists. They understand anybody who can say the wrong thing can be classified now as a terrorist. So the Attorney General's Department is pushing for new powers for the Australian Security Intelligence Organisation to hijack the computers of suspected terrorists. But privacy groups are attacking the police state plan as extraordinarily broad and intrusive. A spokesman for Attorney General's Department said it was proposing that ISOIO be authorised to use a third-party computer for the specific purpose of gaining access to target computers. So, get used to it, folks. It's coming your way. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we'll go to Daniel from the UK, if you're still there. Is Daniel there? Hello? Daniel?
0: Yeah, can you hear me okay?
1: Yes, I got you, yep.
0: Yeah, Alan, uh, just got a couple of questions for you. Um, you know the uh, American Indians uh, they got, you know, wiped out when the settlers arrived in, uh, in America. Um, w- was that more because rather than because of the land. Was that more because you think the powers that be didn't want the uh, settlers to see the Indians living self-sufficiently, you know, without government and without money?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I I think part of it was that that they'd already assessed. You you understand, what we have to understand is every culture, every people has been studied for centuries and centuries before they even hit uh, I'd say, well, I really believe before they actually hits the American coastline. We know that in the 1700s, for instance, once it was all established, they'd assessed uh, the, the American Indians, much like they, they assessed other cultures, their weak points, strong points, and so on. And And people like John Stuart Mill had decided that the American Indian... Uh, would never be able to uh, come into and adapt to the white man's way of life and and finance. Because Britain was already running by the financial system because they were conquered too by the money men. So everybody fit into this commercial system and they said that it would never happen. And so they'd be a burden and they'd eventually degenerate and fall by the wayside and die. And again, they went along with the, the later Darwinian theory too. The Sun said the same thing of, of John Stuart Mill. So uh, I've seen the same articles written by the same people on Scots, Irish and different people, uh, and Africans. but They say that they wouldn't necessarily fit in with the same system. They'd have to be eliminated altogether. So you're looking at an eradication process. It was an eradication process. There's also people in Canada who have done studies in the the libraries, uh, in the Canadian libraries in Ottawa, to do with um, the Indians mainly getting killed off with smallpox, for instance. And there was one British colonel, uh, an English colonel, who kept a great diary, uh, which is still available in the library, of uh, how well and effective spreading... Uh, smallpox to the Indians was doing. He kept a, a summary of the different tribes that were just getting decimated with this terrible, terrible disease. And they were giving them blankets and they were taking them from infected people in, in hospital wards and and taking them out and, and, and giving them to Indians and transporting them to them wherever they lived to get this thing going. It was a deliberate uh, genocide, is what it was. Yeah,
0: yeah because they, they weren't compatible with the system... Um, Well, um, just one other question is: with all this stuff that's happening, um, how how do you know whether you're getting uh, you're getting paranoid or whether you're actually justifiably worried about real threats? Because sometimes there's a bit. uh, Well, for me, it feels like Sometimes it's easy to go one way or the other. Um, Do you know Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, definitely in this day and age. I mean, we we, we've, we've lived we've lived through a transition. I've been able to walk anywhere and, and whistle whenever you wanted to whistle. Now you're on camera wherever you, where you go. Everything's been recorded. So you're justifiably paranoid. We don't behave the same when we're on camera walking in the streets, you know. There's no spontaneity. Even two or three people having a joke and a laugh at it. They don't do that anymore amongst each other They're on camera all the time. Our behavior's been modified. So you're quite rightly being paranoid. Because that's what it's there for—is to make sure that you get the message that you're being watched and spied upon all the time, and uh, it's, it's natural. Remember that old saying: just because you're paranoid, doesn't mean they're not out to get you. <laughs> but thanks for listening, and from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, as good night to me. Your God, or your gods, go with you.